I'm Jessica Ashley. And I'm Megan Francis. And you're listening to the Right at Home Moms. Part of the Life Listened Network. What would it take for you to go back to work in an office? That's a topic we are tackling today on episode five of the Right at Home Moms. I'm Jessica Ashley, and I'm here with Megan Francis. Hello. And we are looking at an infographic that was unearthed on Contently, one of my favorite freelancer sites and content providers, really creating some great content about what it is like to write for other people. And they've unearthed this infographic all about what freelancers are happiest with, what they worry about. And one of the most interesting aspects of this infographic, I thought, was the likelihood of accepting traditional employment. What was found in a study of freelancers in 2012, and I think probably still relevant today, is that the longer you are a freelancer, the less likely you are to go back to traditional employment in an office. So beginning in that first year, really likely to go back mm. to an office. By year 10, meh. <laughs> Not so much. So I thought the interesting topic for us to get into today is what is the nitty gritty? What are the deals, the benefits, the things that are most compelling that would drive you to go back to sit in an office or a cubicle or get on the train every day, get in your car every day to go into a more traditional employment situation? That's a, it's so funny because I've been freelancing now for going on 12 years. And in the first, when I first started, I actually had another job um, part-time for the first three or four years. And it got more and more part-time the longer I freelanced. So it went from being like every morning, you know, every day of the week. And then it was like two days a week. And then it was like one day a week. And I did dabble a few times with taking on a more traditional job. I would get frustrated by the instability of uh, the checks coming in. John and I are both self-employed, so we call that the self-employment lottery. Um, you know how when you go to the mailbox, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, "Is today you the day that today? Yeah, you got paid. Is today the day? Is the this the month come? you pay all your bills? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes we make a joke like, "I think this is the big one," kind of like um, from Christmas Vacation when he, I think he gets like a, he thinks he's getting a great check, and it turns out it's an enrollment to the Jelly of the Month Club. But anyway. So, um, so there's that. And I think that at first that really bothered me and it kept throwing me and I kept thinking, am I really succeeding? It feels like I'm succeeding. But then I have these, these times when the money is coming in so slowly and I can't see this forward motion. And I just think maybe I should look at the job at the, um, at the want ads. And so I did several times for whatever reason, take more traditional employment and it never really lasted that long because the more used to this lifestyle I got, the less I was willing to take the trade-offs. So at this point, I feel like it would have to be, either the situation would have to be fairly dire, like there would have to be such an industry change that I wasn't able to you know, grapple with for whatever reason, or we would have a dire money need where I really had to have steady um, income. But I think at this point, I can just make more as a freelancer too. So <laughs> I don't know. What yeah, about I you? Think, I think it's interesting because I actually, I've been, working from home for a decade yeah. and in there had four years where I had a pretty structured corporate job, but I worked remotely 
from right. my dining room. And so there was a little bit of flexibility there. Um, and I certainly was working nights and, you know, I could run and, and get my son from school and those kinds of things. So there's more flexibility than actually sitting in an office. However, um, since that time, really structuring my own time and really freelancing or having clients, I have had, it has taken these three years to really remind myself that I'm the boss and I determine the schedule. And so I feel like now that I've done that work and I really am more flexible and I am more self-determined, it would take something really big for me to go back. I only ever think about it when I feel very uncertain about the future. Like if a client situation ends, a client relationship ends or steady get, get ends, which you know is coming when you right. freelance. It's yep. just you have to be prepared for it. Then I start looking through LinkedIn at all of the, I think, more traditional jobs. However, recently sitting in an office in an interview or a meeting about a job and looking at the fluorescent lights and the cubicle and considering, could I do this every day? My head was screaming, no. <laughs> and and honestly, you know what's so interesting? It's like in my head, I think it seems like a more stable, predictable environment. But the cost of returning to work often outweighs that steady paycheck because it's yeah. going to take commuting costs. It's going to take more child care. It's going to take all of these things. I'm going to have to get some more clothes. I mean, yes. all of those costs. Also, I think when I start thinking practically about it, it seems less and less worth it to me. That's just that's one aspect of it. But I think there's this go-to in my head, like this is going to be more stable and this is going to be more predictable and this is going to solve problems in whenever the freelancing is um, feeling a little wobbly. You know, I agree. And I think that what I think is really interesting about that is that, it, you know, it all depends on where you're sitting as far as what seems more stable. And we've both been in this business long enough to remember, I mean, just in the, you know, 11-ish years I've been working um, as a writer and I started off in magazines and then moved to online content and then started blogging more for my personal blog and have gone all over the place. And you, it's like when I first started ma doing magazine writing, it was very much, it was kind of this gravy time, um, where the work was pretty plentiful. Like I came in at a really good time. It wasn't that hard to break in because the internet hadn't made it so easy for people to get in touch with editors yet. So there was still that, ba that barrier to entry that frankly, most people just weren't willing to cross or to, it couldn't figure out how to get around it. But very quickly, within a couple of years, the print industry really got shaken up and people who had been freelancing their whole lives were starting to think about, you know, going and finding traditional jobs. Well, at the same time, editors who'd been working in offices editing for their whole lives or their whole adult lives were losing their jobs left and right. So nobody felt secure. And I think the level of insecurity you felt or where you thought you should be often depended on where you already were. And looking at those grass, you know, greener grasses, which weren't always that much greener. Um, in fact, I look back now at the freelancers I know and knew that kind of rode out that storm and the magazine editors I know. And I think the freelancers fared better. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting observation. And I would agree with you. And it's and now it's changed. You know, then there was kind of more of a, like an Internet boom, which kind of has gone through its ups and downs and dips. Right. And then even for bloggers, there was sort of this um, boom time where people were getting a lot of sponsored work and it seemed to be just kind of the easy, it was just kind of coming easy for a while. 
And then that seemed to kind of like even back out. So there's always these little dips and the, you know, the hills and the valleys that you have to ride out. But I don't think for me with my personality type um, and now knowing what I know about the way I work and my energy patterns, I don't think that I could conform that to like a 40 hour a week job. I would just be annoyed all the time, honestly, because I'd be sitting there thinking it doesn't matter how hard I work today. I'm going to make the same amount of money today as I will tomorrow. You know, it's like, it doesn't matter how quickly I work, how efficiently I work, how much business I bring in or whatever. Um, unless I'm on some kind of commission, this is as good as it's going to get. And I don't function well under those kinds of circumstances. I need more of a, uh, a, a fire lit under my butt. I think. I think, yeah, I think there's this interesting trend, which I, I just, Oh, I shudder to see uh, requiring people to come into an office. And I have just heard about more and more companies requiring that. You mean positions that could easily positions be. that could be remote yes. or could be contract positions now being required to come into the office. And I have heard it so many times. I've heard people say, we just feel like we need we need everybody to be in here together for creative reasons. What I really think the the deal is that people are scared that those people who work from home or who are contractors aren't working as hard. And that is really not my experience. I feel so much more productive when I am at home and in positions where I've gone in for a day or there's been a certain amount of time spent in office. I remember back when I was in an office every day and I think, well, there are days that you just give up because you're in meetings all day right. or you clean off your desk all day or you're going through your calendar or you're refiling or there's all those administrative tasks. I don't factor in a lot of that time. I certainly me either. To me, that doesn't feel that like time. Right. Exactly. And when I sit down, I know that I have a finite period of time. So I'm cranking out. I am, we've talked about it before. Like I'm not getting up. So I find that I'm more productive doing my own thing now than I would be in an office working for someone. So you, I guess you could say like, it, maybe it'd be easier money. But to me, I right. think in the same way you're saying, like I am, I get bored and I'm so much more motivated when I am the captain of my own ship. I agree. And you know, I do, I do think there's something to the idea of there being a team. And if I had to say one thing, I feel like is missing sometimes in my life as a freelancer. And, you know, there are ways to recreate that, like what you and I are doing now. And there's definitely ways to create it for yourself. Um, but there is sort of that creative team, that feeling of teamwork and um, being part of a unit and bouncing ideas off of people. The problem is in my true, ex you know, that's the theory, right? And in my true experience, when I have worked in that kind of setting, often when you're with people and you know everyone's going to be together from eight to five or nine to six or whatever it is every single day, everyone does kind of pace themselves and it's easy to fill your schedule with busy work and it's easy to start popping in, you know, people popping into your office all the time to chat about this or that. And I think overall, I was never really more productive. In fact, I know that I wasn't right. <laughs> anywhere near as productive as I was. So I do wonder if in those situations there's another way to get that. Like maybe you have a weekly meeting where everyone has to be there and you, you know, talk about projects or you talk about this and that. But it doesn't have to be – everyone doesn't have to be in the same space all day to have that um, back and forth of ideas. And I think sometimes that, that group dynamic gets in the way of people getting done what needs to get done. And I, and I do agree with you that there's a certain level of control or fear around it. And I just don't think that's a way to manage people. Um, I think it's pretty evident if you watch someone for a while, whether they're producing or not, 
and you know, sometimes right. you're going to make a bad hire. That happens in no matter what, no matter what situation it is. Right. I do find I miss the team aspect, but a lot of that, like you said, has been solved by having a few select people who I can bounce ideas off of or have phone calls with. And to me, that solves it. I miss having people to go to lunch with. Mm-hmm. I would really like a happy hour once right? in a while yeah. or a holiday party. I mean, there are some social things that I really miss and are unfulfilled by working out of my home. But the other, the other aspects of, of, of interacting I don't miss that at all. I think also because it's really, it sounds good until you're in the middle of office politics. Yeah. And drama, which there are always, there's always that. Well, and I think it's important too for us to to distinguish between being self-employed or running your own business and remote working. Because like you said, in your experience, you can, you can work from home, but still be doing, you know, working for someone else's company. You can still be a salaried or even an hourly employee um, working out of your own home. And I haven't done that personally um, on an ongoing basis. I've had jobs where, you know, I've had like, I was able to put in a few hours from home here and there, but not the same as like having an, a full-time telecommute or, you know, work at home position. Um, and I don't know, like, what are, what do you feel like you did that for a long time? So do you feel like that was the best of both worlds or do you feel like you were getting some of the negatives from both worlds as well? I think that that was a, you know, that's hard to say. And for a long time, that was a dream job for me. And so that was ideal. And it was the beginning of me being a single mom. And it afforded me the opportunity to take my son to and from school or have him home when he was sick and to really dig down and be the best that I could be. And then office politics took over and people um, were sort of pooled in a few different cities. I was the only person in my city. And so they would meet up and I wasn't able to be a part of that. That got tricky. And eventually that corporation, I left. And then after that corporation decided that there would be no remote workers. So I would have been out of position anyway. And um So it was great in terms of salary. It was great in terms of benefits and cachet because it was a great position. And I'm really happy for the opportunity. I have never been sad, though, that when it was time for me, I took that big leap. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe what, you know, I think, I think if you make it past that first year, which is the toughest, I think. It is the toughest. I mean, my salary went into one third. Right. I think that's a pretty good indicator that you're made from the same cloth <laughs> that we are in that you're willing, it's more worth it to you to have the autonomy and the freedom and to be, you know, like the master of your own domain and all those things um, to take some of the risk and to take some of those ups and downs that go with it. So then I guess practically, how do we build in those things that we are missing when we're not working in an office job? And for me, the two things are stability and um and not necessarily stability of your clients because you can't have that. But you also no. can't necessarily have stability in an, you know an employment situation. We all know that people move around a lot these days. And depending on the industry you're in, you might move around a lot, a lot. Like people in PR and people in edit in publishing are constantly on the move. So the whole idea that you know you sign up with one employer and you're going to stay there for a long time is kind of outdated anyway. But there's that, and then there is that social um, that social sort of piece of it too. So I guess I'll talk about a little bit how I kind of build those things into my life and then you can do the same because I we both we have very different 
lifestyles. You're in a big city. Right. I'm in a small town, blah, blah, blah. So for me, the stability one has definitely been the hardest um, because both my husband and I are self-employed and you and Darren are both self-employed as well. <laughs> and he's starting a business. Right. You're very right. much in the same boat. <laughs> but we've really tried to get to where we can live on one of our incomes, which it, we don't even always know which one it's going to be. That's the other crazy thing. Like we have to be able to live on which, you know, one of our incomes, but who knows? It could be me this month that gets a big check. It could be him this month. Um, but there's a nice equity in that too. There is. there, And it's sometimes if you just feel like, man, I really need to like, I just have to gear down a little bit right now. I'm really overwhelmed. Or, or for me, like around the holidays, I really like to get into the Christmas holiday with the kids. And I just like to kind of go on autopilot that month. And it's nice to know that John can kind of go in crazy mode and pile up a little cash <laughs> before you know, before I sort of go into more easy mode. Um, so there's that. And then in the social aspect, you know, I live in a small town. There's only about 10,000 people in this town. And you wouldn't think there'd be a huge booming creative class here or there'd be tons of people writing. And there aren't tons of people doing exactly what I do. But if I look around, it's not hard to find a handful of people doing something enough like what I do that we can bounce ideas. And sometimes it's kind of nice to be forced to look at people a little bit outside of your outside of your realm. Like I've been having lunches with... Um, a gentleman in town who is a serial entrepreneur. He's very interested in social media and things like that. But we don't do the same thing. And actually, some of our conversations have been way more helpful to me because if all I ever did is talk to creative people like you, Jessica, all I'd ever do <laughs> is talk about is what we're dream talking about. It's dream big. It's dream big. big. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> but sometimes I need someone who can say, okay, well, here's how you systemize that. Here's, here's the process you need. And I'm like, what? Process? Huh? System? But it really does help to see things from those perspectives. So I think in, in my case, just kind of keeping my eyes open and letting sometimes other – and I'm I'm a real extrovert, but I've never really been a great professional networker in that way. I'm not um, real strategic when I meet people about how they can help me or how I can help them. And so I found that sometimes there are other people you meet who are really good at connecting people like that, and they'll say, you need to talk to so-and-so because you know, he does this and he could really help you, or she does that and she could really help you. Um, and I've found that listening to those people has has let me make some really good connections as well. I love that idea. And I, I love the idea of meeting up with other people who are a little outside of your realm mm. just to hash out ideas. And I find that talking with Darren, Darren's a chef, he's opening a restaurant and he has just a really different mindset about business, but we have really interesting ideas about each other's business and how to move forward. And I think that's a great stretch of your mind. I agree with that completely. I also love your tip about living on one income. Now, single mama style, there's just one (laughs) income to live on. You got used to that, right? Right. right. However... I really have to stay in the mindset that I am working for three months from now, maybe even six months from now. Yeah. I'm never working for today. So it's really hard in this business because of how things are paid out. A few places where you can freelance, you can get paid today when you publish today. But those are still a rarity. So you're really waiting on invoicing and then to get a check or a direct deposit or you no, know, it always takes longer to get set up in a system. Then you want it to. And so I have to always remind myself, okay, if this client goes away or this gig goes away, this is not today. I am working now for fall. So what am I going to do now? So when it's the holiday, I have time. You know, I have money. I have a job, those things. So keeping in that mindset is really helpful. It's also good for me to have a reminder, a person who can say to me, 
Hey, remember when you freaked out about this before and then the next day you got a call? Right. And I, I need that reminder always. Like I always think I'm falling off the face of the earth. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And so somebody just to say, you always get a client. You always yes. get another job. And obviously the longer you do this, the more of those connections that you build up, which is great. Having that corporate job for a while Everybody who I knew there helped me get freelance jobs the moment I left. And so I think building up some good relationships where you can always go back to the people you wrote for and say, where are you now? What are you doing now? Are you looking for writers? And have that reciprocal relationship where writers can come to you or people can come to you and say, I really need writers now. Um, and sometimes you have to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm full, but can I contact you in a month? Because yeah. in a month, you're probably going to need it. Need them. Right, right, yeah. So I think that mental Rolodex of people who can hash out ideas, who can remind you that you're, you're viable and who to go to and what to do today so that you're making money in three months. And then who will be receptive when you say, I need help. I need a job right now. I love that. And so in a way, those people become your water cooler too, just maybe a little more effective version of it, <laughs> you right. know? Right. Yeah. I so. think one, one more important thing that we have to talk about are the benefits. And I think I hear of a lot of people, whenever I see somebody in my Facebook feed is like, I'm taking a traditional job. I'm going to work for so-and-so. I'm like, they must have some really good health insurance. Like yes. that is the first thing I think. Yeah. And, uh, I have been just hearing that a lot lately. And I am really interested to hear more from people who have solved the health insurance issue of being self-employed or being a freelancer, maybe with other freelancers um, or with a spouse or when you have to manage health insurance. I would love to hear from people about how they've handled that and if that's a compelling enough reason to take you know, a traditional job. That is actually a really good question. And um, I know I've heard from people that there's different ways to like employ people, uh, maybe band together with other people. It has to be in your state to create, um, you know, like a group because we're not getting the benefit of group coverage. Right. Um, so even, you know, even if you make enough more to pay your own premiums, you're still paying more than what someone in a group situation necessarily would. So that's a really good question. You can always email us at hello at writeathomemoms.com or you can just go to writeathomemoms.com. That'll take you to the show notes and you can leave a comment. We want to hear from you on that because that is, you know, benefits. That's a big topic. And that's definitely made the money piece trickier over the years. Um, and especially tricky now because things just keep changing with the new healthcare laws and things. So so we want to hear from you what compelled you to go back to a traditional workplace or what could compel you to go back to a traditional workplace or what are your oh hell no that's <laughs> going back to that traditional workplace. In the meantime, while we wait for your answers, we're going to be writing from home. Yep, we, <laughs> we will we're still here. We're still here and we will we will talk to you uh, about it all again next week. Find us and please leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. It would really help us out and help other people find us. Um, check us out at writeathomemoms.com. 